0: Hi, everybody. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. It is almost the end of September 4th. Uh, Today was a long day. And already into the 19th day of Elul, that would be the the end of 5783. We're moving up to the new Jewish year. And we all know that this is also a time of reflection and thinking about what's happening on a national level, on a personal level, and how we can improve. So I've been kind of on a rampage of thinking of how... The con- my country can improve and what I can do to help improve my country. And I have, uh, on the podcast here tonight, um, Adi Shragai, who some of you may remember a couple of years ago. Oh, I don't even remember when it was. We did a webinar together. Um, and the main topic of that was, um, the Sebastia, the Chambron, the, the capital of the country of Israel, the original country of Israel, the Northern Kingdom, and how it was being destroyed. And Adi is the activity coordinator, in addition to being an archaeologist herself, she's the activity coordinator for a phenomenal organization called Preserving the Eternal, whose main mandate is to make sure that these kinds of things don't happen. So Adi, thank you so much for joining me here tonight uh, on the podcast. I know you've had a very, very long day, long week, long month, long year, everything,
1: Yeah, well, it's been full of uh, activities, but I'm glad to be here.
0: Okay, fantastic. So a couple of things have hit the news just in the last few days. Uh, One of them is, I know something you participated in, a trip to Jericho yesterday, because it appears that UNESCO, never really a friend of Israel, and now showing their stripes in bold color, uh, is about to say that Jericho is a Palestinian heritage site. Can you tell us about that?
1: Right. Um, so we found out that UNESCO is about to declare uh, the ancient Tell of Jericho, the biblical Tell of Jericho, um, as a national world, uh, national world heritage site in Palestine. Um, so let me just start with the fact that UNESCO is only allowed to declare sites in countries. Um, Palestine is not a country. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this whole uh, decision and declaration is illegal, and they can't do that. Um, and on, the, on, on another level, um, the Palestinian Authority, and we will speak about it uh, more, I guess, later, um, cannot get the right of having a uh, um, world uh, heritage site and keeping it while uh, of the of the ancient hell of Jericho, mm-hmm. while the whole um, area of Jericho, um, the whole Jericho oasis, is full of Jewish heritage sites mm-hmm. that are being destroyed and looted all the time under the Palestinian authorities' um, eye, okay? So right. they can't say that they're taking care of a site, while this entire area is being erased. Right. And just because it's related to Jewish history.
0: And, and also of course related to Christian history. It's a biblical and, site oh, and there's other exactly. sites in Jericho also that are very meaningful for Christians. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. There are also many um Christian sites in this area. They're all being looted and destroyed except for the Tell of Jericho, which the Palestinian Authority does not recognize its connection between the Jews um, and the tell itself they say that it is Palestinian um, mm-hmm. they claim a very funny fact, not not fact but they say that it's a fact that there's um, um, an ancient scarab that was found there that carries the name Aricha, which is the ancient name of Jericho and they say that it is in Arabic and therefore the Palestinians are connected to it, but Arabic was not even Close to
0: being invented during that time,
1: and so there isn't there is no real connection uh, of the Palestinians to this place.
0: So, uh, just a couple of things for my listeners: we are coming up on thirty years for the signing of the Oslo Accords, right. which it, in which Israel, with the backing of the world, because the international community are signatories on Oslo, uh, gave this area to the Palestinian Authority. However. It was that with the proviso, as in other places as well, which we gave to the Palestinian Authority, that antiquities would not be destroyed, that heritage sites would be preserved, that people would have access to their holy sites. There's a, There are two synagogues in Jericho from two different time periods where the Jews were supposed to have access to them, and of course, that we don't. So uh, the the entire thing is like completely out of hand. And as you said, um, the only things that they don't destroy are things that they can claim are theirs. And I happen to have a pamphlet that was put out by the Palestinian Authority about Jericho. And it is exactly, as you said, rife with lies, no mention of the biblical history there, of Joshua and, you know, the and all of that, the first place that when we come in as a nation, we conquer is Jericho. Um, it's all made up. It's all theirs. And uh, look, there are some sites that are related to the Arab civilization. They're like Hisham's palace, which is beautiful in Jericho um, to the the first and beautiful and very well preserved. And that's from the Umayyad period, from the first foray of Islam uh, into the land about 1400 years ago. But there's a tremendous distinction between how they are keeping up that site and the others. And as I said, uh, Jericho is one of the places that Israeli tour guides for a long time we given permission to go because of the deep connection of christians to jericho uh the sycamore and all, all kind of, and you know elijah's pool elijah's spring and um, and that unfortunately is being just completely destroyed as we speak so this tour yesterday that you were a part of who organized it and who was involved
1: um so we uh, together with the eretz israel Caucus. Um, we, in the Knesset, or, the politicians. In the, right. Yes. In the Knesset. Um, we arranged it after we realized that um this declaration is about is about to happen on September tenth. Um and we're trying to do as much as we can to stop um this decision. Um and took place and Simcha Rotman uh, came on this tour, Orit Struk, um Edith Zilman, um they all came and uh oh and also um minister of heritage um Yao. and uh so they're they taking
0: this seriously
1: they're taking this very seriously they dedicated um a few hours of their time to come and see and they are all working each of them is working uh wherever they can to stop um this decision um and uh, it was very important to go out and see how the ancient tell is being well preserved and the, being there and seeing all these other sites that are it, there's, it's true that there is the tell the itself, mm-hmm. but you can't um, disconnect it from all the sites that are around it.
0: Hasmonean right. um, palaces, Herodian uh, remains, uh, Jericho is so rich with antiquities. It's,
1: exactly. Um, throughout all times, by the way, mm-hmm. um, and it's just not possible to disconnect the tell itself from the other sites, which is what the Palestinians are trying to do. Um, and the fact that they're claiming uh, that they have a connection to that site—it's it, just this is called um, um, cultural uh, appropriation. Yes, that is uh, the term. And they're yeah, and they're doing that also in other sites in sebastia for example mm-hmm. this is exactly what they're doing they're claiming that there was no jewish history there um no matter the fact that it was the the, the capital of the kingdom of israel right uh, they, they completely ignore that they say that the history there started from the times of herod um it's
0: just it, it, I means lies. It's just one lie after the it, other, but exactly. they're getting away with it. Look, what I don't understand is if, as you said, and, and I, I know this, UNESCO can't do this. So exactly. are, is a fuss being made over something that's ridiculous anyway? Like you said yourself, legally, they can't do this. So is everybody getting all hot and bothered over something that, I mean, they can also say that unicorns are walking down the street. It doesn't mean they are. So is this, uh, are we getting too nervous over something that really in an international level won't stand or there's still some kind of meaning and you know international standing to UNESCO making this decision even though legally they can't do it
1: well there's great meaning to that the fact first of all the fact that they treat palestine as a country for them they right. think they don't think they're doing something wrong um when in fact it's just against everything that they that that, that they said Mm-hmm. Um, and um, obviously it has a great meaning to give the Palestinian authority um, the the responsibility for a site when on the other hand they're uh, destroying uh, other sites and we will get to it but as we speak as we were in that tour yesterday we got the um,
0: information that, yeah,
1: that the biblical site the, the Joshua's Altar oh, right be destroyed, so you can't just give them all this responsibility and say, Oh, they deserve and they should take, have a world heritage site. And on the other hand, they are completely destroying history that doesn't fit their narrative.
0: Mm-hmm. And Joshua's altar on Mount Eval, probably 3,300 years old, you know, one of the oldest sites that we have here, identified by Adams or Toller in the 1980s as likely being the place where we first come into the land with Joshua right after Jericho and receive the blessings and the curses, kind of the redo of the covenant at Sinai, but in the land, hugely important sites with finds there that are still being studied. And it's just, as you said, I mean, let's give people who are in no way, shape, or form allowed, you know, being responsible for these irreplaceable, priceless places why are we letting them do this when we know that it fits in with their agenda that's not i mean i don't have to beat around the bush you can be nicer than i am but they say all the time that they want to destroy the jewish presence in the land okay any kind of history in the land because they don't believe that we belong here and they don't believe in anything jewish or christian for that matter so we are allowing them to do that they've got a lot of credibility right now and this is this is where I, you know it, going down to Jericho and, and having those members of Knesset come with you was incredibly important. But this didn't start yesterday. There are right. things that have already been destroyed, and it's irrevocable. They're not coming back. There was a rumor where I live in Ephrat just a couple of weeks ago that Solomon's pools, which are built by Herod, magnificent pools that apparently accidentally were left in the Oslo Accords on the Bethlehem side, of the line and not the Efrat side. I'm not so sure how much of Oslo was accidental or or just completely negligent or nefarious, that's a discussion for another time, Um, that they were being destroyed. But I just, I spoke about that with you earlier and you said, no, at least not yet. So what's happening with Solomon's Pools?
1: So um, we got a report that uh, there's a query in area A, which is very close to the Solomon's pools, but not right next to them, um, and that they are uh, destroying and they are working in the quarry.
0: They're digging uh, out the stone there in the quarry. And okay. digging
1: out the stone there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one of the uh, water aqueducts that came out from Solomon's pools um, to Jerusalem. It's called um, the Upper Aqueduct. Um, is supposed to be somewhere there now we haven't found it yet and because it's in area a it's very complicated so we are not sure we're following uh, we're trying to follow it and find it and see if the query really did destroy it or whether it's uh, it, it's not and the and the um, aqueduct is preserved uh, we still don't know but we are um, trying to figure that out.
0: Do you have, as an archaeologist, as a professional, are there archaeologists that working under the Palestinian Authority that you can work with that actually do understand the significance of some of these sites, uh, or without mentioning names, because I know that doing so would probably get them in trouble? Um, is, is that even like in the realm of possibility?
1: So there are archaeologists that work with uh, the Palestinian Authority. Um, I don't know them, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to tell you, but I do have an example uh, that is interesting, and uh, there's been some kind of an excavation that was led by the Palestinian Authority, and the person who did it um, published the paper, because they found um, an inscription. Where was this? So, um, Somewhere in um, the south of uh, the Hebron Hills.
0: Okay. All
1: right. So I, I, I read that paper. Just It was interesting to see what he writes and everything. So the inscription uh, was in ancient Hebrew. And the entire paper did not mention the word Hebrew, not even once.
0: Wow. What they say, like Canaanite or something?
1: They didn't even say Canaanite. It's like they tried to use all these words just not to say Hebrew.
0: Wow. So
1: I, I think this is a pretty... Um, Good indicator. Example, yeah. Um, the situation uh,
0: that is happening there mm-hmm. uh, because like theoretically you know if there was a site there could be cooperation Israel cooperates with archaeologists from all around the world all the time I've interviewed you know Scott Stripling who works at Shiloh and other archaeologists who come from different universities in Europe and the United States where there's tremendous cooperation everybody understands the sensitivity and the importance of digging properly and professionally you know so theoretically there could be a site. Even if, let's say, it's a Muslim site, uh, Israel, I'm sure Israel, Israeli archaeologists would be delighted because I know okay. you'll dig anywhere. They, all the
1: time. they excavate Muslim sites all the time. Right. And basically it's being published as it should be. And of
0: mm-hmm. course. Right. So, I mean, maybe, you know, again, maybe I'm dreaming, but maybe that could be something one day. Um, that, you know, um, if listen, I so. honest.
1: If, if Palestinian archaeologists would have taken care of these sites, as they should have, we, preserving the eternal, wouldn't have existed. You know, we don't, (laughs) we just want the sites to be preserved. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not the situation.
0: So. um, So tell us a little bit about the organization. When did it start? I I think the why we pretty much got, because you're watching all these terrible things happen. Right. Um, So Um, how, you know, we needed you. So when did you get out there?
1: Uh, So we started a around 2016 after um we went on a lot of hikes and everything and we saw that something isn't right uh, that many sites that we go to is are are looted or destroyed and we felt like something is wrong here um so we initiated uh preserving the eternal and we wanted um our, our um
0: Charlotte, your your theory? No, yeah, yeah,
1: your yeah. I think yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. our hypothesis. We wanted hypothesis. to prove our um hypothesis of the fact that the sites are being destroyed and uh, looted. Mm-hmm. So we conducted uh, what is called the National Heritage Survey. Uh, we surveyed um, around four hundred sites.
0: Like how they're being preserved.
1: The level of um, preservation. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the result of this survey was that 80% of these sites were severely damaged and uh, looted. Wow. We realized this is something we cannot ignore and we have to uh, uh, work, work as much as we can uh, to stop this.
0: Um, now, is this just in Judea and Samaria, or this is also in, you know, little Israel, the Negev, yeah, the Galilee, etc.? So it's et just
1: in Judea and Samaria. The difference okay. between Judea and Samaria and Israel, why there is so much um, destruction in Judea and Samaria, is that in Israel, um, the body that's in charge of antiquities is the Antiquities Authority, um, and they have, um, they have money, they have people, they have um, inspectors,
0: inspectors, right? right. And,
1: it's not like there's no... Um,
0: uh, um, no one keeping is, an eye on things, right. Yeah,
1: right. no, right. there is still um, sites Loot. being looted right. in Israel, right. but it's not the same as Judea and Samaria. First of all, Judea and Samaria have uh, many, many, many sites in It had many biblical sites. Um, and the, the body that's in charge of archaeology in Judea and Samaria is the civil administration. And the civil administration... <laughs> Uh, let me say it uh, as gently as possible. Archaeology is not in their top priorities. Okay, mm-hmm. they they don't care about it.
0: They care about bettering the life of the Arabs. That's what uh, they do. They yeah, don't they, even really care about you, the Jews you, living here you either. Said it,
1: you said yeah, it. Yeah, I can say it's my show. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. um, but archaeology is 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 not in their top priorities. Kamat which is the 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 archaeology body under the civil administration. Is full with really, really good people who really want to change the situation, but they don't have enough money and people to take care of this um,
0: disaster
1: that's going on in Judea and Samaria. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And it's win-win for the Arabs who do the looting because they steal the Mm -hmm. stuff that they find, the coins, etc. And they also destroy the site because there are things that are not necessarily valuable, like on the black market, let's say pottery. We've got millions of shards of pottery, but they're invaluable when it comes to dating the site, to seeing the level of civilization there, when it was destroyed, if it was abandoned, if there was a war, it, it and that gets destroyed, which is fine with them because they're going even if archaeologists
1: want to come to these sites and dig in it, it would be right. impossible because it's already been the layers have already been
0: mm-hmm. um, disrupted. totally disrupted and everything's yeah. about the layers. I remember a couple of years ago. I went on one of your tours because you open up to the public also to see these sites. And I went to tell Tokoa, which is not far from where I live. And Tokoa was one of the most important cities during the first temple period. Uh, That's where the prophet Amos is from and the wise woman of Tokoa, Lots of biblical stories there and all the way through really for hundreds of years. There were settlement there and it was just one big dug out pit after the other. We walked to there and just cried. The entire site, which is so rich for everybody, has really been completely destroyed. It was sickening, just sickening. So the information that you have and provide to the public is incredibly, incredibly important. But who's involved? You say we. So obviously there's archaeologists that are involved with you. What other kind of people are involved with the the organization?
1: So we have uh, obviously archaeologists that are working with us. We work. Our main goal is to change. The policy in Judea and Samaria, and have uh, enforcement, and um, and also um, there's um, an academic boycott on archaeologists that want to yes. that want to have research research in Judea and Samaria, uh, and so it it leads, you know, just the, the regular archaeologists they don't want to even if they, they they care and they think it's horrible what's happening in Judea and Samaria. They don't want to take a part of it. They don't want to destroy their academic um, careers. Yeah. yeah, and 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 they just want to, and they don't deal with with Judea and Samaria. So it leads to um, research bias because Judea and Samaria, which is so full of of sites, is not being research you know. properly.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I've I've interviewed archaeologists who who've said that that yeah. if they do, like Shai oh, what's his last name? He Shai Bali. Right. he's he's incredible. He took over from Adam Zertal in the northern area, the area of the biblical tribe of Menashe. And he has said, I mean it's really hurt his academic career. He can't present. He can't publish because they say, oh, you're digging in an occupied territory and you're you're actually, you know, ili- what you're doing is illegal. So some right. of the incredible things that we have found there, it's really harmed his career, but he's very brave, but there aren't many archaeologists and I don't blame them who are willing right. so to get involved in politics. It's, it's too much. Right. So Shai,
1: uh, for example, he published a paper in, um in I think it was a British journal and then about um, an excavation that he did in Patsa'el. And then a few years later, the, Called him and they said, "Listen, we see that you published um, an an article about a uh, place in Judea and Samaria. You need to get the Palestinian authorities' approval. Uh, approval. Oh my goodness. Unless, and if and if you're not going to do it, we're going to mark your your paper as um, being uh, illegal and working under illegal uh, standards. Wow. Wow. And he said, even if I want to ask the Palestinian Authority, it's not like I can ask someone. They can't give me the permission whether I want to, whether I can watch this article or excavate in a site.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I remember, I think it was last year, that the Americans gave something that was found, I think, in the greater Hebron area, that was clearly from the Judean period, They gave it to the Palestinian Authority because it had been found in an area that's now under their control, which is what they're saying about Joshua's altar as well, is that the dump piles that were left there from Adam Zertal's original excavations, which were in the 1980s before the accursed Oslo Accords were signed in 93, are now in their territory and can't be excavated and can't be moved and can't be studied. Yeah. (sighs)
1: Let me tell you something about um, Mount in Area B. Apparently, the marking of the altar in area B uh, was done by a mistake or uh, due to a personal vendetta of the person who was in charge of archaeology uh, at Judea and Samaria at the time. And in uh, 1995, a few days before Robin, who was the prime minister, was murdered, um, a request was placed on his desk to change the status of the altar because they realized there's no way a site that is so important, there's no way that it can be in area B.
0: Which um, is also part of the Palestinian Authority. Areas A and B is
1: so what was given. Area B is under the civil responsibility right. of the Palestinian Authority and the and security responsibility Israel. of the state of Israel. Um but you know the the, the Palestinian oh. Authority they don't guard the sites and and they, they give their hand to this destruction. So uh, it, it, the fact that it's in Area B doesn't mean that Anything. the state of doesn't have to, uh, to, to work in it. Um, so that request has been approved by Robin, um, but he was murdered a few days later. And wow. so the decision was not implemented. Ever
0: implemented? Wow! And yeah. now, from reports that I was just seeing today and yesterday in the news, they're planning on building a neighborhood. They're tra- tra- right. destroying Joshua's altar and building a neighborhood. And what's so, going to be done to stop this?
1: So already a few months ago, we revealed that there's going to be an ur- that there there is an urban construction plan of the close by town Asira Shamalia. Mm -hmm. which I have to say, it's not like it's a natural urban construction plan that the town is getting bigger. growing
0: organically, and they need that area. They deliberately
1: Mm -hmm. went uh, a few hundred meters to a place where there's nothing but the altar and decided to have an urban construction plan um, there. Uh, At the time, we warned all the parties and ministries, uh, everyone in the government, but um, they decided not to take any action. Uh, so the plan ha- was starting to be implemented. And, uh, you know, as we speak, it is being erased. Um,
0: and this that, could be stopped. I mean, the Israeli government could it, send soldiers up there. I'm sure there's even civilians be, who would The volunteer. government
1: needs to decide. They care. They need to start enforcing. They just need to start working. And to stop anything and anyone that's working there to immediately arrest all the criminals who are involved in this plan and the implementation of this plan and not allow them to to do any more work Mm -hmm. um, and and to start, you know, preserving this site.
0: Doing Um, what they're supposed to be doing and what they made campaign promises that they would do because this is not a secret what's happening here. And one of the reasons that this government was voted in is because they said exactly that, that they were going to, the lawlessness that's existed in Judea and Samaria for these decades already was now going to be stopped. And that's what is so frustrating.
1: I have to say that there are some very positive steps uh, that are going on in this government. Um, They've decided minister of heritage, who decided on the national emergency emergency plan, um, to To preserve and restore all these uh, damaged sites. In Judea and Samaria, uh, there's been a nice amount of uh, money that was dedicated to it. And so uh, this is a very promising beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the
0: in the test of of the results, in you know, the the results. or, or whoever that is. That was really bad yeah, English, but yeah, we, you all get it. Yeah, right.
1: as we speak, uh, Joshua's altar can be completely.
0: Right. And unless there's people there making sure it's not happening, it can happen in a few hours. And exactly. they can just take a tractor up there in the middle of the night. And by the time we get up in the morning, it's a pile of rubble. And then go right. scream and yell, which has happened in too many places all around the country.
1: Exactly. We really can't let that happen, and uh, the government really needs to start taking actions, especially in Joshua's altar, Um,
0: Mm -hmm. and uh, to preserve all these sites. Right, right. And there are just thousands of them all all around. So did the tour in Jericho give you a little bit of a glimmer that maybe somebody's waking up here, or you know, some people are going through the motions, doing the best they can, but Ultimately, you know, the, the, all these things are going to ha- get destroyed.
1: Like, I have a very, um, you can call my job depressing <laughs> because I deal, yes. I deal with all the, the the destruction of the site. But I'm also very optimistic. Um, as I said, this national emergency plan is very, very promising and supposed to change the fact that the government is even.
0: De- dealing with this. Initiated
1: yeah. mm-hmm. like this. and dedicated money to it is um i think is very very important and it hasn't been done in previous governments um and so i really do hope that things are about to change
0: Mm -hmm. what is just so frustrating is this shouldn't be a right left religious irreligious party issue this should be 120 members of knesset who say like these are heritage sites this is not just our history this is world history Just about everybody has pranced through here over the last millennium. so These sites belong to everyone, Uh, you know, wherever they may live. Anybody who's interested in history, there aren't any, you know, Romans left, but fascinating history that so many of us are into and and things that affect our lives. So this shouldn't even be political.
1: it, 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 It shouldn't be political because the fact that they're destroying the sites is hurting the state of research of any researcher working anywhere in the world, um, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, but we see that this right now, this government is taking care of it, as opposed to previous uh,
0: government. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I hope that they continue to. I hope your optimism is well grounded. And I really want to thank you for everything you do, because it, it has to be so incredibly frustrating is really these are things. No, it's not lives. Obviously, if the government yeah. has to work to protect people, that's the most important thing. And those are things that are also going out of control in Judea and Samaria. And that's a topic for another night. But still, these are these are things that are not you can't bring them back once they're destroyed. And right. you know, um, that it we stood for thousands sites, of years.
1: We we got these sites as um inheritance from our um ancestors and it is our job to keep them and uh give them to the next generations. Mm-hmm. Right. Not and awesome.
0: Anybody who comes through here. Yeah. Oh, Adi, okay. thank you so much, really, for everything that you're doing. And I, I hope that this time it works and that people are listening. And maybe some of the people listening to this podcast in different countries can also, you know, even get some of their politicians who would like to put pressure on Israel for other things to say, hey, you know, the, 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 these are world heritage sites um, that belong to everybody. And is there something we can do to help to make sure that they are not destroyed. Um, and we'll see. I, I don't hold out great hope for that. But I know that some of my listeners do get very involved and, and not just get upset, but really say, what can I do from far away to make a difference? And so if that is you listening, then I'm throwing down the gauntlet uh, because this is really just so, so, so upsetting. And um, we hope that the the damage can be, you know, stopped or at least minimized as much as possible. Okay. Adi from from uh, preserving the eternal and organization that's really doing whatever they can to keep these ancient sites uh, alive and being able to visit them and excavate them and learn from them because there are so many things that have yet to be uncovered um, that would you know, give us a glimpse into the past. And, uh, and we want to make sure that we can access them in a proper way. Okay. Thank you so much. And Thank I know I have have fo- I'm following you and seeing what's going on in your organization. And really, just just really hope that you have many strengths and that your the pressure that you're putting on the government uh, is uh, is is you know followed, and that they see it themselves. All right, everybody. That is it for tonight's Eve Harrow Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Thanks to Ben and to Tabitha for putting out the show and uh, and all of you for tuning in and you know encouraging me to keep getting on here and keep interviewing interesting people and keeping what's going on in Israel and the Jewish world alive for you from whatever perspective that I have. So wherever you are, I hope you are well and take care everyone and goodbye for now. My name is Jeremy Gimpel and I live here in the mountains of Judea. And in these unprecedented times, I wanted to offer you a gift from the land of Israel. We've been here at the cutting edge of the Jewish return to the land of Israel. We've come to the place where King David first assembled his men and where he wrote most of the Book of Psalms. We are quite literally transforming this desert mountain area into a Garden of Eden-like oasis. Watching prophecy manifest into reality, we felt called to reach out to the nations, to teach them lessons from the Bible in the original Hebrew, unlocking insights and understandings that you can only get if you read the text in its original language and from a Judean perspective. I hope to see you at the Land of Israel Fellowship. Shalom.